0: Lady of Spain, I adore you, right from the night I first saw you. Like it or not, once again, it's a new year <laughs> and you are listening to I Don't Get It, the pop culture, get off my lawn cash. Do You have to identify the choices you've made that have brought you to this point in life and somehow <laughs> reconcile them. This podcast features the open and minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the prospect of a entertainment irrelevance. I am your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, which is a not-dodgy-at-all tax shelter in the Cayman Islands. (laughs) And I am joined, as always, by this guy. I am Noah Tarno, uh, founder,
1: senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show Spectacular. Now, Bill, very important question for you. In what... I was trying to remember in what calendar year did we begin the show? Was it 2017?
0: Seventeen, yes.
1: So this is our fifth calendar year.
0: Oh yes, my it god. Is. I know, can you believe wow. it? Wow. This is this is a tra- this is like the, the US Open in Augusta with all those green jackets. This yeah, is uh you know yeah, that's tart- exactly what I was thinking. This is like the tartans you wear in the St. Patty's Day parade. This is an American tradition going back to the you know, shortly after the Founding Fathers, this podcast and this precursor oh. came about.
1: It's shortly after when the greatest president of all time took office. Uh
0: and yes. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to his next 4 years. Do you mean you mean Mallard Fillmore, the duck from the uh, cartoon uh, strip? Uh you know, it's
1: funny Mallard Fillmore, uh, Roy Thomas came up with that for the Captain Carrot and the Amazing Zoo Crew comic book. Do you remember that?
0: I remember the comic. I don't know. He, he came with Mallard. Fillmore. Yeah,
1: in their world. So it was, for those who don't know, it was a 1980s funny animal comic strip about a superhero team of anthropomorphic animals. And they lived in a world where everyone was an anthropomorphic animal. And the president in that world was named Mallard Fillmore. He was a duck. Yeah. And to this day, when I think of Millard Fillmore, I think of Mallard Fillmore. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that there was a comic strip, I said they ripped off. <laughs> captain carrot and the amazing zoo crew
0: it's entirely possible that they did this is well,
1: important stuff did you
0: important know that important. you know that the painter the english painter jmw turner uh was uh, joseph mallard william turner like mallard was one of it like that was a um a maiden are you name serious? Along the way. yeah no totally yeah. serious right. it was mallard okay. as he, we gotta was, cut the
1: shit out this is not good this is not oh, no this is
0: this friend. is this is exactly yeah. what we want So look, uh, without uh, speaking of uh, ducks and speaking of uh, old painters who uh, were were very popular for doing um, uh, seascapes and whatnot, Noah, do you know who our topic this week is?
1: Yeah. So here's the thing. We we always look at something theoretically that young people are into. And when Bill, when you suggested this topic, I was kind of like, I don't really think it fits our, it's something people are talking about for sure. But is it something we could say young people are into? You brought up the subject of Ms. Ilaria Baldwin. Mrs. Ilaria Baldwin? Nay. Hillary, God, Taylor. What was her birth Hay- name? Hayward. 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 Taylor Hayward
0: or Taylor Hayward. Taylor Hayward Thomas. Or Hillary Hayward Hayward Thomas, Thomas, Thomas thank yes. It. Hillary
1: Hayward. Nay. But she is now Ilaria Baldwin. I believe we should respect that. <laughs> like and I said, go- I don't know. Are people really. At us. Right. Are people really into this person what they seem to be into is the controversy that has yes that has glommed onto her the last week and has been the centerpiece of what seems like all gossip journalism the past week
0: and and like most topics we talk about noah it is worth approximately one week of the news cycle so that's why i thought it was perfect yeah
1: well but that's one of the things we're going to explore is it worth even that much or is it worth more than a week i mean Mm. there are some heavy things to discuss here
0: there are. So uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> in case you don't know, and I'm sure if you listen to this podcast, you're tangentially familiar with Miss Ilaria how you say cucumber Baldwin. Uh, she's a, a, currently a 37-year-old yoga teacher, celebrity wife, and human who has only gifted the breath of life via the attention of human beings on social media, lest she blow away like an incorporeal mist. She is born... You wrote that down and planned Of course it. I did. Of course I did. She is born to an upper-middle-class family in Boston, as Noah said, under the name Hillary Hayward Thomas. Uh, her parents were like white-shoe lawyers uh, in Boston in the early 1980s. But she's built a professional brand through portraying... They were...
1: News... But were they white-shoe? Come on.
0: Yeah, no, they were white-shoe. They shoe. were like traveling the world. Were they really? That's how you get to travel the world is by white-shoe I mean, lawyers I mean, I knew they
1: were privileged, but... My yeah. impression was that they were a little better than that. But I don't know. You,
0: well, either way. Uh, okay. she, she's built a profes- professional brand. The reason why she was semi-prominent to begin with is because she's portrayed herself as a super Spanish yoga mom. And she's also Alec Baldwin's kept uh, bound basement. Uh, uh, you know, what is it? Mrs. Rochester in the attic who sets the fire in, in Jane Eyre. She, she's his kept companion. Uh, the reason she's why... Like,
1: she's like... 28
0: years younger than her. It's it's disgusting. It's fucking. It's well, we'll get gross. to that too. We'll get to that. It's pretty it's gross. Pretty freaking It's gross. it's bad. It's, it, no one. No one comes out ahead here except for me Sorry, and 25, Noah. 25, 25, 25, 25. Oh yeah, that's it. 25. That's that it. Nobody that's nobody comes funny. out ahead except for me and Noah who were sitting here cashing in all that. Those sweet those sweet clicks and the views. That's what right. we get. So the the reason why we're talking about her is because a Twitterer called at Lenny Briscoe, which we were conversing <laughs> beforehand. That is like the <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> Ultimate Twitter handle and, and I, I would say it's, it's pretty good. Though. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Lenny Briscoe. I, I wish I
1: could think of some of Lenny Briscoe's witticisms to throw in. I the think that guy's
0: carrying heavy on the left side. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Clean up an aisle too. Anyway, Lenny, <laughs> for those, you don't know,
1: Lenny Briscoe was Jerry Orbach's character. the late great, great actor. Jerry Orbach's character yeah. in Law and Order. The, the sarcastic old cop who's seen Detective it all. Detective yeah. Absolutely great. Yeah, you didn't know great. a
0: thing about him. Just fantastic. Anyway, yeah, yeah so the great. Twitter handle, clearly with tongue-in-cheek, was called Lenny Briscoe. So this person, I believe it was a female person. I don't know for sure. It could have been somebody else. But uh, they dropped a bomb on Twitter. If this is considered a bomb, it was like a forensic study of Ilaria Baldwin. I guess about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks by the time this comes out, going beat by beat through Hilaria's background, appearances on media, uh various different uh, uh you know text bodies about her website listings things from like what is it ICA was it was it one of those talent agencies there's all yeah, these whoever represents her yeah whoever re- who do i N- have. none of those agencies wanted
1: me so i don't i don't Right, right. what their names are.
0: So the, the point of it is is that again, if you're just tuning in at this at this eleventh hour, uh, Hilaria Baldwin was was was, I guess you could say charitably misrepresenting her ethnic background and appropriating a Spanish yeah. culture for, for what I would say is pretty obvious attention and material gain. So there are many, 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 many media appearances where her accent is varyingly thick or completely there, not there at all. And sometimes you know, code switching Within that interview, where she goes back and forth between accented Spanish and completely Boston white girl English, and there's even there's even a cringy cringy segment where she somehow she somehow forgot the English word for cucumber. She says yeah, she's she's
1: she's on some morning show, Today Show type thing, and she's cooking gazpacho, yes, one of her ethnic dishes, and she she says, "How do you say the word in English?" <laughs> And, and cucumber. her for cucumber, her excuse was she was nervous on the air and she had, and to use her words, a brain
0: fart. Not at all the case, but that's what she yeah. said. How yeah. you say? Or Noah, as we might say, eth cucumber. That's what, in Spanish, I believe that's the proper term. El cucumbero, I believe. <laughs> eth cucumber. So yeah. uh, it has since come to light that she was, she was born, and she zoned up to this, she was born in the United States to cauc- Caucasoid parents. She only yeah. summered in spain which she, but she she alighted it very, carefully. very say, carefully i
1: grew up in both places yeah, and yeah, moved horseshit. here when i was 19 oh, gosh, meanwhile yeah. like she mostly just went to spain for like vacations yeah. and when moved here she meant new york city and she said home is in spain well she meant her parents have lived in spain since 2011
0: I know. Well, <laughs> so Noah, she calls I, that home I've and then she
1: had her line like if my parents moved to china i'd call that home
0: yeah okay I forgot to mention this, but that one time that we went to a Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, <laughs> yes. I then appropriated the accent yes. of being in Jackson, New Jersey, yes. for the rest of I my life. A, yeah, so I exactly.
1: Just, I am a King Dakotian American, basically.
0: Because <laughs> don't, I don't, I grew de- up on that on the world's tallest roller coaster. Don't depersonate me. I, I was in the yes. burning haunted yes. house back in '82. That was my home. <laughs> oh, oh, oh a, shit, uh, deep cut, deep cut
1: for anyone who grew up in the, New York area the 80s,
0: <laughs> That's right, the mummy
1: right. who burned to death. <laughs> So well, it the, I feel like it was someone who worked there, right? It was like someone who dressed uh, oh, up like a monster and jumped out at you. Oh, there was a couple you of kids. I think
0: at least two or three kids died. It was a I big thought it was but, people who worked there. But so, yeah. So apparently, like I said, she was born to Caucasian parents, upper middle class family in the Boston area. She emigrate, she, she said she was born in Mallorca and emigrated to the U.S. in her 20s. Neither <laughs> was it. No, she never not,
1: flat out said that. She let other people say it.
0: She let other people say it. She did not And she
1: never it. corrected them. So now, and, 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 right, Well, it's
0: not—it's not okay, but there is a difference. There is a difference, yes. But I mean, that's yes. again—you're—you're fucking—you're—you're you're new speaking it along the way. So yes, uh, in in fact, so she got. Well, welcome to
1: twenty twenty one, my friend.
0: Rather than go away and kind of like let it die down, she immediately jumped up in a few different places, and she did a lot of those. Sleepy faced, like hand through her hair, close up to the camera, <laughs> insta testimonials. Like a lot of this, like I hey, I'm just taking a I'm taking a, you know, I'm I'm coming at your people. I'm on a knee here. Let's have a rap session, folks. And so she's she's kind of doubled down on trying to wiggle out of all these things. And I understand more than anything else, she's protecting a brand. She's got this thing built up as celebrity wife professional baby factory on par with a Chinese thing chugging coals somewhere out in the mainland provinces. Five five
1: kids, she and Baldwin. How many kids does Baldwin have total?
0: I think only six. I think he's got uh, Ireland with King Basinger. That's
1: right. I I knew his older daughter had some stupid name.
0: Her name is Ireland Thoughtless Pig Basinger, I believe, or Baldwin. Oh, that's right. Oh, Is yeah, her last yeah, name Basinger?
1: I mean, she took her mom's. No, name? it's
0: Baldwin. She went by Baldwin because that again, there's more to cash in on. If you're has a Baldwin. six kids, yeah, six, six kids, kids. So, okay, yeah. so yeah, she doubled down on this whole thing about how she incorporated Spanish culture and her identity and and how. You know, no one can tell her what she is or she isn't. She she and and all the the Noah things where she says she was sort of wiggling with legalese about I never said I was from Boston. Yeah. You know, which she pretty much did in official bios, and so that counts as all right anyway, I think we've we've laid and, the and all
1: she she was on the cover. Two Spanish, you know, Latino culture magazines, sorry, I forget their names, Ola and another one did cover stories of her. And both of them claim that she was Latina. And she claims, well, she didn't know because she didn't read the articles. You know, all the people who said she was Latina said she was born in Mallorca. She her defense is I never read them. Now, I'm just gonna insert here, that's a bullshit defense because as you say, she is she is creating a brand. That is yeah. her job. Yeah. That is her job. Yes. And I mean, inherently there's nothing wrong with that. She's a celebrity. That's her, she's not a politician, she's not a doctor. If she wants to create a lifestyle brand, then whatever. I can ignore it, right? So to say it's an excuse not to have read the cover story about her is just total bullshit. So I don't know. What do you want to ask me, man? No. And I by just... the way, I just looked up to Ireland Baldwin's um, Wikipedia page, yeah. and I got one of the least surprising sentences I've ever seen on a Wikipedia page. In 2019, Baldwin began to DJ professionally.
0: <laughs> no well, celebrity I, kid DJing professionally Who what, 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 I want, I, what I want you to do now is apply the traditional Noah Tarno lemon juice to the, to the melted yeah. butter of Bill Scurry's fat rivulets through this and just cut through and, and so, tell me what matters here
1: yeah I you know here's the thing I can't get too worked about it, up about this she lied if only by omission uh, but again she's not a politician She's not a medical professional. She is not anyone. She is so unimportant. Her job, celebrity wife, yoga instructor, lifestyle, whatever, you know, gazpacho re- recipes on the Today <laughs> Show. Like, I just, I don't care. And you know what? Frankly, as you said, it as I said too, it's her job to develop this lifestyle brand. Of course she's going to fudge the truth. Of course she's going to build herself up. Of course she's going to exaggerate. Of course she's going to make herself sound more exotic, more interesting than she really is. So when I first started reading about this, I went, fucking lay off her. What do you want from her? She's Alec Baldwin's wife. Who gives a shit? It's her job to be a phony. It's her job to be more exciting than she probably is if you knew her personally. So I view this as just... Viewed, past tense, as just... You know, this is Sour Grapes. They look at this woman who's living this Instagram life and she's smoking hot and she's married to Alec Baldwin who even though he has a reputation of being a jerk is this lovable, you know, rake and certainly talented and funny. You know, it's it seems Sour Grapes to me, right? Sour Grapes, right? And And yeah, she stretched the truth a little further than maybe she should, but who cares? I'm more concerned about people whose decisions affect my life Stretching the truth. And I'm more concerned about people whose lies are filled with hate and and hurt people, right? But then I kept reading about it. And then actually, this dovetails a bit with a book I've been reading on and off for a while from 2017 called Bunk by Kevin Young. And it's a history of lies and hoaxes through American history. And he basically sees all of them through the lens of race. And he's African American. He's written quite a bit about African American history and culture, so he sees it from that perspective. And he, he, while sometimes I feel like he's forcing the race angle into things a little too much, like he always has a good point. And I can imagine he might write about her. And actually, in some of the stuff I've read about Hilaria, Hilaria Baldwin, they reference Rachel Dolezal. Remember Rachel Dolezal?
0: Yeah, I have her in my notes here. Yes. Right.
1: And Sort of the end of Young's book he talks about Rachel Dolezal because that was like the last thing and he's just like I'm fucking through with these people and that seemed a little personal to him too because he's her generation she was pretending to be black all that so the criticism of Ilaria Baldwin which I got to beyond oh I hate when celebrities lie is a term racial appropriation now I have mixed feelings about that too I think I've said on this show I think or cultural appropriation. I think some cultural appropriation is the point of culture. I was thrilled when I went to a Catholic wedding and as a Jewish guy, I saw them dance the Hora. I am loved that we've exported that element of my culture because there's nothing about the Hora that doesn't apply to Catholic people celebrating. I thought it was ridiculous when some college stopped serving sushi because they said that was racial appropriation for non-Japanese to cook and eat sushi. I don't agree with that. There's nothing about eating and cooking sushi that can't be enjoyed by people who aren't Japanese, right? I don't see how that's an insult to Japanese people. So part of me is like, eh, if she wants to cook gazpacho, if she wants to love Majorca, if she wants to be a a, a Spanophile, whatever the term might be, then, you know, fine. Like, in some ways, she's raising that culture up, you could say. But the point people have made is that Latino people, certainly in this country, are under fire these days. That is true. And Ola, whatever these magazines are, doing a front story about her being an awesome Latina and all that, they are turning the scope away from actual Latinas. So I see some value in that. Um, Also, she is appropriating this as a way to seem more exotic
0: right yeah Yeah. definitely true
1: big difference so now i'm gonna go to the side that she's not so bad because a big difference between that and what rachel dolezal did and uh other topics brought up in young's book uh, do you know who nasdige was no about 18 years ago he was just some white guy he'd been a pornographer and he started pretending he was native american and he wrote a couple uh memoirs about his suffering as a native american it was it had some pretentious title like the, tra- the, the misery runs through my veins like the blood and whatever. And it was total bullshit. Not Native American at all. The name Nasdij was completely made up. All these Native American people going, oh, that doesn't mean anything in the Navajo language that this guy claims to be. And he like won awards until everything had to be taken away. There was that woman, Margaret Seltzer, who claimed to be a white girl who grew up like running with African-American gangs in LA. Yeah, sure. She was a privileged white All yeah. made up. These people are appropriating misery Yes. for their own glorification, right? That seems uniquely insulting to me. Dan- Catholics dance in the horror is not insulting in any way. In fact, I find it, I take it as a compliment. I think Ilaria Baldwin is somewhere in the middle, right? She's appropriating their culture, not, oh, look at me, I've really suffered, I'm so deep. She's appropriating, an, eh, look at me, I'm exotic, I'm more interesting, and that's her whole purpose as a celebrity, to be exotic and interesting. So yeah, it's it's a little obnoxious, but it's not horrifying. And, you know, whatever. The, the rug's been pulled out from under her. Hopefully she'll stop lying about where she's from. She'll stop doing a fake accent. And she'll write another yoga book. I don't think she deserves to have her name dragged through the mud forever and ever. You know, she's foolish and... Annoying, But come on, we got we got bigger fish to fry in our culture.
0: Oh, I, so I think it's know. all very well said. Um, yeah. Thank yeah, you. I, I had this quote here from this woman named Aura and she wrote on Twitter. Uh, this is a pretty good quote. She said, for nearly a decade. And th- this is actually kind of taking out the trash with Latina magazine, I think, maybe more than anything else. But she says, for nearly a decade, Latina touted Hilaria Baldwin, a white woman with white parents from Massachusetts. During this time, the magazine has been accused of erasing black Latinas and publishing pieces about how white Latinas are somehow discriminated for not being dark enough. For years, Baldwin was featured in Latinx outlets, including Latina and Hola, appropriating the identity of a Spanish-speaking immigrant, while others have been denied opportunities for our actual accents. The fact that she pretended to be an immigrant at a time of hatred, detention, and deportation is sick. And there is something to that, you know, like if you were, uh, uh, let's say, I mean, this is, you know, a really facetious example, but if you're going to dance the horror at a Catholic wedding, that's one thing. But if it was in like 1938 in Germany, if you're gonna do that. Yeah, okay. You know, All right. Yes. You're right. You know, like if you're, Germans
1: were dancing the horror in 1938 Germany, that would be grossly insulting. You make an excellent
0: And there's no way Hilaria Baldwin was yeah. gonna like face the the cost that you know some guy coming from uh, El Salvador up through Mexico was gonna cost. It's it's merely like like you say it it is this really stupid burlesque of putting on brown face for the purpose of making yourself more exotic. Now, I think I can't say uh, better than you did the, the commercial forces, the sort of market forces at play. But I would like to add this one thing, which is, I think, psychologically, um, and again, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm just a putz on a podcast shooting my mouth off. I don't I don't have any kind of like, I don't, what is it, the DSM hymn book or anything like that? I'm, I'm just, you know, calling the shot here. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, whatever. I think that she she suffers from, to some degree, I think she suffers from narcissism, which, I mean, if you're that public a person, you must to begin with. Come on, of course she does. Yes, she does. I think she has, and as a slight... A slight factitious disorder, and that's something we actually know a little bit about in this house because Janice, my wife, has dealt with this uh, from a number of different people. She's kind of specialized in factitious disorder. And factitious disorder are people who cobble together wholesale identities that aren't themselves. And the idea being that it makes them worthy of love if you pretend to be another person. Your um, your
1: wife wrote a book about. She did. She such did a person. Yes, yes she Excellent did. Excellent book. Uh, and I'm very honored to have my name mentioned in it twice. That's true. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, I also. It's all think about that, me, folks.
1: It's all about me.
0: <laughs> I think that Ilaria Baldwin also suffers from good old American greed and yep. uh, fabulism, uh, which is which is which is influenced in this case. And this is this is a sort of side topic that she's hooked up to Alec Baldwin, who again, you know, this is a side topic, but Alec Baldwin is one of history's greatest monsters culturally. He's a terrible person. He is come on. Uh, in culture as these things go. Oh. He, he's a he's an anger freak. He is uh, he's everything Trump is without being a threat to American society. He's just oh, really. Come on. He's, he's the same jerk, the same type of jerk that Trump is. He's just on our side. That's what I'm saying. He's he, way more talented than Trump. He's way more talented and he has way less power. He doesn't actually affix anything. But I'm saying personality he's wise. Not,
1: he, he, he's not shabby. He's no, not but he,
0: desperate and grasping the way Trump is? Uh, he, he doesn't actually, exude complete uh, insecurity? Uh, oh, I, that that I would disagree with because every really? time, he's yelled, he, every time no. he's yelled at a traffic cop for giving a okay. ticket on his BMW... I, I don't pay attention
1: bullshit. to any of that. I'm basing it on 30 Rock. Oh, no, don't, it. you can't base it on 30 Rock. And 30. half oh, a dozen oh, movies I've seen him in and when he hosted SNL, I'm basing it on the fact that the guy is genuinely talented and funny.
0: He's genuinely talented, but he has no... Neither
1: of those things Donald Trump is.
0: He's got a sense of humor, but he's got no sense of yes. irony, and he honestly has no Maybe. control over his anger, and he does not know that he comes across as the world's biggest entitled fucking baby. I mean, you know, you can make a list of who the worst not, Baldwins are. Not
1: not even close to... World's most entitled fucking baby, I, I, Donald Trump is... Okay, but I'm saying... Every our, position in the top 100.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, let's say a distant 85th is Alec Baldwin. It's bad enough. Okay. My point is, is that she's married to him, and so... Access to that kind of black hole of narcissism—the sort of self-obsessed, yes. self-absorbed yeah. projection of vanity that Alec Baldwin yeah. puts out in the world—I I think that the fact that Alec Baldwin is 112 years old and has five kids that he just pushed out in like the last six and a half years is is a sign that he can't help but project his 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 masculinity. That he everyone must know that his semen still works and that he is still. A, a you know he suffers from priapism and that he is the world's greatest lothario because he has to keep making babies well into his mid-60s i think that there is there's is a real mental sickness to that but again we're not talking about baldwin we're talking about this wife who i believe if you look coincidentally this is when she started to cobble together this personality And this is just strictly based on things that are off the margin here is that people said that Alec Baldwin was looking for this type of woman. And so she turned herself into the object of his affection when she looked like she had his uh, gun sights on her. And so, you know, she has to be the exact feminine apex of what Alec Baldwin thinks he's the exact masculine apex of. So she has to be exotic, she has to be fertile, she has to, and and her fucking body after having 12 kids, she has to have a fucking washboard stomach and all this stuff that is completely improbable and in un not it's not that hard when you're rich enough for No, it's true, but at the same, same time, you know, I I know people with one kid who can't possibly get into the shape she's in after. Yeah, five. but those
1: people don't have full-time personal trainers and personal chefs. All right, still. Those, I mean, it's it, when you're that
0: rich you can That shit takes a lot less effort. But she's the kind of person who projects into the world that, you know, here I am and you can too. And it's, why don't you go back to mispronouncing cucumber, you know, honestly, that's not the point.
1: We have, um, how do you say it Cucumber? Cucumber. Why is this such a big story right now? Why are people, you know, it's, it's some, I had never heard of this woman before. So why is this person who is completely inconsequential in almost all of our lives you know, doing what I think is a lie that is to be expected of someone in her position, or at least not surprising. Uh why is this such a big story?
0: Well look, I have been out of the United States for a year and a quarter so far. And I was very familiar with her before this for whatever reason. Really? How yeah. are
1: you familiar with her? Because she's Are you doing are you having a baby? Are you doing yoga?
0: Uh, I make, I'm making gazpacho, but I can't pronounce the uh, cucumbers along the way. Um, no, because because I think that she shows up as a—up as, till now, she's been a risible figure. And an extension of Alec Baldwin's fecklessness. You know, that people just look at him and say, All right, Alex, jerk off, Alec, jerk off—Alec, sorry. Jerk off motion with your hand. Go ahead. You do whatever you're going to do. Yell at the traffic cop. Get stuck in anger management class, which he, he absolutely had to do at least once, if not twice, because he's mouthed off to cops along the way. But I mean, there's a simpler explanation. I think that, and and this actually goes back to something you're saying, Noah, is that it, this is a harmless unraveling of a of a, a sort of quasi fringe media figure, right? Someone whose only audience is Instagram followers, celebrity mom bloggers, Today Show viewers. I mean, and and, and the biggest thing is again, you you already like, dropped the dime on this. We kind of love to see fiascos especially as white people like this, cringing, you know, like toes curling in our shoes fiascos, like yeah. watching Rachel, Rachel Dolezal. Get busted uh, for something that we just would never think of doing, of like somehow appropriating another race and and going with it. And Rachel Dolezal, by the way, who's on cameo. I don't know if you knew that. But she, Rachel Dolezal. You on can like get cameo. a fucking cameo, message From Rachel. Why would
1: anybody want that? I don't
0: know, but she is she is next to Jay from Jay and Silent Bob and John Cena, I guess. And Rachel Dolezal's on cameo. Look back on our previous episode, Ross. We did talk about cameo, everybody. <laughs> But I love that. Anyway, that's not the point. I just had to draw, I had to mention that she's
1: a fucking cameo. Now, I'm, I'm keep going. I'm going to look her up. But.
0: Yeah. But I mean, look, we're all, no one here's not going to say that Rachel Dolezal's thing uh, isn't, uh, you know, doesn't import larger, that there isn't something worse. And by the way, Rachel Dolezal has, has not backed away. She's still claiming she's she trans- changed
1: her name.
0: Yes, to like to something, something, very something Swahili. African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it's thirty-eight like, bucks. Thirty-eight bucks. Thirty-eight original. bucks. She, cheap. she, she is like she is sticking to transracialism as a thing, you know, and, and that that is getting a lot of people confused because, like, well, if you're gonna bust your balls on transracial, is that somehow an import for transsexualism? And I, you know, I that's beyond me. We're not we're not gonna litigate that on this show. I, yes. But I'm saying it's like. Um, yeah, we can say that there, you know people are being kept in cages and all that stuff is true. But I mean, the reality is, is that Noah hasn't heard of it. A lot of people haven't heard of it. And it's really even not that big when you have heard of it. So this doesn't affect anybody. This is just some media jerk who had a fringe figure... Uh, her income was based on whatever her husband gave her and whatever her inst- it doesn't it doesn't affect anything. It's kind of harmless. There's no you're not a bad guy for hoping her downfall. And she's not going to have a fucking downfall because she's a rich white lady no. in Manhattan. So, I mean, it's just like a fun schadenfreude in these last few days of we're waiting for, for Biden to come in. I mean, you got to give people some. You know, diversion. I mean, and that's what this is. I mean, it's popular because we're just sitting there tapping our fingers, watching the clock until something better comes along right now.
1: Uh, All right. So we've always loved to tear down celebrities, right? Or maybe not always, but certainly since our childhoods, our culture has loved that. And yes, you bring up right now, we are goddamn sick of phonies. We're sick of phonies. We're sick of rich phonies. I mean, come on. Can, Can that be any more obvious? So... And, you know, maybe we're also sick of malice and hatred and picking on people weaker than us and suffering. And maybe we look at Ilaria Ball and we're like, look, as you say, rich white woman, she's not going to suffer. Who cares? She could take it. She can handle the pain, right? She's not going to run out of money. She's always going to have a nice home. Her kids are always going to be well fed, right? So why not beat the shit out of her? Because she can handle it. And we're sycophonies. It's
0: it's literally punching up, if you might think about it.
1: Yeah, it's literally punching up. Not literally, but it's literally up. It's not literally punching. not literally punching, it's literally up. As much as you might disapprove of her, please do not punch her. Um, You know, so it's very, very natural. Um, And then let's talk about the stuff that really matters, the reasons why this might actually be a bad thing, which I know I've kind of toggled back and forth. The fact that, you know, Latino people are at an interesting place in their history in this culture, if I might observe as an outsider. And you know, it, it touches a nerve after the way they've been treated in recent years and the way they're being talked about to have someone kind of steal their thunder to use an old cliche. So yeah, she uh, she asked for it. I don't think she does I don't think it's a hanging offense, but she asked for some kind of rep, uh, reparation. So, you know, this this makes a lot of sense. Married life is really nice. You know, it feels different. I mean, I believe so. That's what I do. Um, I mean, I love to be able to go to the gym or go for a run and stuff like that. But like that doesn't always happen.
0: Noah Tarnow, tell me, would you have liked this fiasco uh, if you were a younger person?
1: Uh, I might have. Because I think I always was very cognizant about not beating up on people weaker than me. But I used to be a lot more eager to beat up on people stronger than me. You know, you said punching up. And one key element of how she's quote-unquote stronger than me is I think Ilaria Baldwin is extremely attractive. And as a young man, as a young romantically sexually frustrated man, I was a little too free with my criticism of women who are out of my reach. I mean, I was never at a you know incel level kind of insanity but i didn't have the internet as it is now to to egg me on thank god um so i think i would have looked at someone very famous and very attractive like she is and i would have had relief at the license to bash the shit out of her right uh now nowadays i just i still think she's attractive but i just i as i said i, I can't be bothered even if so i i'm picturing myself back then like waving the flag of you're insulting latino people Meanwhile just like taking joy in that this this woman who I will never ever 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 come close to attracting the attention of that I have license to, to call her a scumbag. Uh, I think I would have got a little more joy out of that. I'm consciously making an effort in recent years to not take any joy in that. And to and
0: I think I don't take joy in it. So that's hooray for me. I think that um, the harmless unraveling uh, of a fringe media figure, as I wrote in my notes, there's one thing that that there's always something interesting, especially if you're younger, like we were. um, It seems like that is cosmic scales writing themselves a little bit. But I mean, this is obviously bigger than that because it is a woman who's in her 30s. And, um, you know, I mean, as much as she, she can call the manager on people for sure, in some ways... She's got less power in society than other people because, I mean, I think she still comes across to me as a kept one. You know, she's not—and she's not and maybe I'm depersonating her a little bit. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I, I have this—it's easier when I'm younger to think about, oh, yeah, screw that bitch. You know, she's she's lying right. and, and, and fuck her, et cetera, et cetera. Bring her down. You know, make it painful. Make it a loud crash. Let's see the whole fucking yeah. walls of Jericho tumble. Sour grapes, man. Sour yeah, grapes. Yeah, sour grapes. But also, I mean, there's also this message— uh, I would have seen maybe first and foremost is that her message that she puts out in the world, even beyond uh, or or before stealing the whole Spanish cultural thing, her thing was about staying thin and pregnant in that order. I mean, she doesn't have much to say to the world other than keep the yoga up, triple the yoga once you have a baby, because once if your if your husband sees a roll of fat on the front of your body, and her Instagram is littered with pictures of her semi-nude holding like ten babies. In like a stack, (laughs) you know, like a big fucking uh, triangle of them. You know, like, it's a little bit of a, a, an implicit threat of, like, the society women of the world have to keep that shit up. That stomach has to be flat, and you you can't have any creeping flesh and stretch marks because that is going to be a penalty. Your Alec Baldwin husband is going to leave you for even a younger side piece, and chances are right. you could probably get it, too. That's the sick oh, part. of course he could. I know. It's the sick secret. fucking part because she was. She was the replacement wife, and there's a replacement wife behind her who's got 10 more kids to give him. Right. Um, Can you imagine needing to— re- Whatever. This is very shallow, but like
1: I think of how gorgeous Kim Basinger was in the '90s. Like you gotta replace Kim Basinger. Like how shallow you must be.
0: And and he's exactly that. He's exactly that, yeah. which is why it's like the, the shadow of this conversation. I believe is Alec beyond behind hilaria Baldwin. There's there's Alec. I think is is as much a part of this as everything else. But again, it's harder to talk about that because who knows for sure? It's just it's based on we're looking at Alec as a, an ugly, gross guy. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think I would have liked it. And I probably would have dug too much into the idea that this was, um, you know, some some hoity-toity society woman who doesn't have a job other than working on her abs. And, of course, she gets to do gazpacho recipes because what the hell else is there? I would have right. – it would have been a real class thing for for early Bill Scurry as much as anything else. And we've kind of – you know, we've brushed on the class thing somewhat. But I I think it's a really big part of this too, which is, again, why it feels like – it's harmless to take a shot at her because it's like it's a class punch upwards. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's really worth, yeah. uh, you know, emphasizing that point. And she's
1: she's not going to ultimately suffer. She is at blame. By the way, one thing I haven't mentioned, which I think um, is important here, is that she's not really accepting responsibility. Everything is everyone else's fault. Yes. Yes. You know, I mean, we laugh at the cliche of like the I made mistakes and blah, blah, blah. But... You know, especially now looking at politics, like the refusal of people to admit they are wrong, the refusal of people to admit responsibility and and take the blame. And then to tell and, us that and nothing she went is wrong. at best, at best, she is doing that under duress. Yeah. I mean, yes, she does it more than someone like Trump or McConnell would, but that's a pretty low fucking bar, right? Well, he took me out to Montauk. He said that was as close as he could get to Spain, to my family, and to Rome, because we really like Rome as well. He got down on his knee. Bill, is is obsession with—I think I know your answer—is obsession with the Ilaria baldwin controversy, is any of that uh, a sign of the apocalypse?
0: You know, since you haven't heard of it until we started talking about it, I'm going to say this is a relatively harmless thing, based in the bounds of what I was saying in terms of, you know— hilarious slash Alec Baldwin's reach being limited to like one type of, of, of Upper West Side slash L.A. celebrity mom cultist, you know, but at the same time, neither of us could accurately speak about the ap- appropriation of Latinx identity. And and in an age where that has meant a uh, certain death, I'll say, for lack of a better term, Latin, certain death for, for poor people and refugees. And that part of it is sickening just based on its face. And I mean, that's it would seem to be a stretch to go from Hilaria Baldwin to, to, to kids separated from their parents. But well, I mean Also also, by the way, Hilaria Baldwin's not
1: claiming to be from Latin America. She's no, claiming to be from Spain. The, the Caucasoid and, Spain, yeah. Like I'm not one of the brand. There yeah. is a difference. I'm not saying this makes anything what she did better, but let's not say it's all the same.
0: No, I mean, as we know, in other Hispanophone nations, there is also a heavy amount of racism for the um the the, 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 the Caucasian Iberians against the sort of brown uh, people who were descended from Indians. And, you know, the, 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 like, I know very little about that other than the fact that those dynamic exist. And she didn't pick someone from Guatemala who, you know, is a sort of squat person who looks like they're of Mesoamerican descent. She picked someone who is a tall white lady, you know, typical Caucasian, you know, who very well could be some, from somewhere from, I, I know, Iberia. Uh,
1: I'm reminded of a scene from one of our favorite TV shows, The Sopranos. And anyone who knows that show knows Tony Soprano is far from a racially enlightened person, far from a racially enlightened person. But there's a scene where he's, remember that episode where he's, he meets his father's old Gumar? Yes. uh, Who worked in Bamberger's. Bamberger's founder built the house I lived in for most of my childhood. Anyway, um, he talks about his girlfriend and he says, my girlfriend is Spanish, but the good, He says something like the good kind like yeah. from Spain. Right. So, like, you know, this meathead, racist guy, Italian guy from New Jersey draws a distinction between from Spain and, you know, Latin from America. Guatemala. Yeah. El Salvador. Right.
0: Yeah. right. That's awesome. So, that's
1: out there. That feeling is out there. That's for sure.
0: So, do you think it's an apocalypse? How do you feel about it?
1: No, this is, uh, I mean, at, like all the reasons we say, and it's just, we're punching up. She can withstand it. What she's doing is it nearly as destructive as. I think people like Dolezal or, and even Dolazai have mixed feelings about, I'm not very well informed, but certainly these people who appropriate tragedy for their own sympathy.
0: So for example, my wife's on the phone with her hairdresser or a friend. She's like, really? Okay, I can't wait to see you. That's going to be great. Fantastic. What time? 12 o'clock? My wife is from Spain. Mm-hmm. And she said, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah, blah. I don't mean to be racist when I put that accent on there, by the way.
1: Bill, is there any aspect of this controversy that you are jealous of?
0: I wouldn't say I'm jealous, but this this uh, segment of the show makes me start to wonder how I could get to the same place. What what market forces would have to work on my brain to um, turn into a sort of flame ball like this, where where I upended my think about. I mean, everything we've been discussing so far, upending my cultural identity, uh, and and coming to believe as true a lie that I concocted. I don't know, a decade or so ago, something that became fixed to my identity, you know. And, and I, I realize this is off the margin for a little bit for this, for this, uh, what you know, jealousy topic. But I mean, I, I guess along the way, she must have thought of herself as jealous because if she really got this like factitious disorder, this idea where she started to confuse herself um with something she really liked and assumed well since i really like it i must be it and then she said it enough times that she came to believe her own story the the, the narrative became fact so she started affecting an accent to people and you know living inside of a skin almost like daniel day lewis doing um you know research for a role where he maintains the accent all through production um, you know, you're you're deep into the 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 character, much the same way as Charlize Theron puts on the accent of a you know an American, even though the reality is that she speaks Afrikaner, Afrikaans rather, and that you know her her real accent is very very far from English uh, American English, but she affects it every single day of her life, and it it just becomes part of your skin. Now with her. It's, that's not as there's not something as deleterious as this, because I think she was just literally trying to fix fit in as an American and become an actor and, and, you know, excel in her career. But I don't think it hurts anybody for her to pretend she's American if she's from Pretoria or Cape Town or wherever the hell she's from. Wait, uh, she pretended she was American? No, she sounds like she's American. She always said she was from... But if she walks into a room and starts speaking American English to you, you're not going to you're not gonna hear Cape Town. You're not going to hear Johannesburg. You're going to see an American blonde in front of you. And she's not going to have to fight against other actors who have to fake an accent because she's presenting right. as American to begin with. But again, that doesn't affect me. That's her career. And that's a lot more... That's a lot less pernicious than this. But I mean, I guess, like I said, I'm just trying to figure out is there anything in my life that has been so you know important that i've had to believe a story i've told myself and i would not allow that story to change or allow daylight in to to for me to convince myself i need to seriously you know rethink a choice i have made because there might be some harm or this might somehow be dishonest at its core but not jealousy not jealousy per se i'm the opposite of jealous of this because you know there's
1: this part of me since i was a kid that wanted to be famous and, you know, still part of me that would like more recognition than I'm getting for what I do because I'm I'm me and that's I'm not perfect. But it's moments like this where I breathe a sigh of relief that I'm not famous, that my life isn't getting picked apart, that my prevarications, that my exaggerations, that my moments of being less than, you know, an upstanding, forthright, excellent person, which I have, uh, certainly uh that they don't get noticed that they slip below notice so like as much as like i wish people noticed me more like well there's two sides to that right there's the fact that you get piled on for an innocent mistake right and i'm not saying this is an innocent mistake but you know this is something i don't have to worry about so like now i'm happy that i'm basically a nobody because this shit and whatever she asked for it so i don't really i guess i shouldn't care (laughs) <laughs> no, but it, but it, it is whatever. like every- I mean look, I I, I, have, I I've never appropriated identity, but I'm thinking of examples. Like I lived in Canada for three years, I became a Canadian citizen because my father was born in Canada. And when I got to college after Canada, I was walking around like I was Canadian and I never lived there again. You know, I, I kind of wore that as this badge of honor, which was kind of 50% bullshit. And then I these days I hang out somewhat in an LGBTQ community, and I've never called myself LGBTQ. But There are moments where I'm tempted to say our community because it feels natural, but like I Don't want to appropriate some tragedy like, oh, I've been persecuted for being queer. Like I'm not queer Like I've been I mean if I've been persecuted for anything I mean I guess because people assumed I was gay because I was a wimp, but you know that it doesn't compare to actual persecution because you're gay so there but for the grace of God go I even though I would never have taken it as far as Hilaria Baldwin mm-hmm.
0: so Noah uh, based on the 10 kids she has it's time to get into the fallopian scale which is our yeah, ex- XYZ axis of things that are right. horrible in the show in right. uh, an array right. of all the tops we've ever talked to so yes. where would you put uh, Hilaria Baldwin on the fallopian scale
1: she is about 0.5 units below center so she's bad, definitely bad, but insignificant in her badness and I can't really I don't know, maybe that's where cameo is, you know,
0: All right, <laughs> speaking of which right,
1: so that comes to mind you know
0: cameo uh i i think you? I think it's miserable, but yeah, for the same reason, it doesn't affect the gears of society from from cranking and turning, you know. Uh, I th- here I picked this. We've never thought about this for a single second after we talked about it, but I think she's sort of like a human equivalent of Brandy Melville, <laughs> the clothing label, which is something that is you know appeals to a, a, s- a certain type of person, and the rest of everyone looks on it like this is a joke, this is somehow risable, this is beneath contempt. You know, and the irony is, is that uh, she would never wear Brandy Melville clothes. <laughs> if, if you want to think of this, some kind of poetic justice in the end. Um, yes, but yeah, it's, it's the, the that same That is as justice.
1: That's what we march in the streets for.
0: That right, right. Uh, speaking truth to uh, Instagram. That's precisely yes. what we're here to do. Yep. Well, everybody, I believe that takes us to the end of yet That's another it. episode. That's it. Done. Uh, done. Hilaria Baldwin. Out Until next week, when we we talk about something equally as facetious and dumb and and, and factitious and fabulistic and pernicious and mendacious and whatever. But if you'd like to find our past episodes, like Noah says, we've been going now for, I think, 17 years. So there's a lot of episodes in our back catalog. Um, We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us. Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. I am on Twitter being extremely charming, handsome and witty, at William Scurry, and my video production content, my essay series, and some short films I've made are all on YouTube at youtube.com slash amcaesar. And now here's Noah with some New Year's tidings for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, you can check me out at bigquizthing.com, America's premier provider of corporate and private trivia events, all virtual these days. Uh, hopefully in person again in 2021. You can also follow us on the media's social. And I'm on Twitter, at Noah Tardo. Thank you.
0: Can you believe it? All right, everybody. Until next week, we, we don't, don't get it.
1: A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.